Hello everyone and welcome to episode 3 of the In The Saddle podcast with me your host Chris Loder and I'm joined by our guests this week Marcus Horowski, Megan O'Brien and also as well our special guest Abby Harris who is a racing writer and blogger and we want to know a bit more about Abby first before we delve into the conversation about racing bloggers and writers. So Abby where did it all start for you? How did you get into race writing? So basically, I got a job at a bookies just sort of on the off chance. I hadn't really looked into horse racing or known anything about it before that. And I kind of liked it from there. I started a blog, literally just got into it through Twitter more and obviously the racing community. And I just got contacted by people to write for them. And it's just sort of gone up from there. I do paid work now, which is obviously exciting. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah. And and, and have you found it quite easy um, or has it been quite tough? like getting into it was quite easy i think as a female obviously it's definitely easier because there's not a loads of females that write about it but i think on that the other side of it people are really nasty that was the sort of thing that i struggled with to start with but now it doesn't really bother me and do you, would you say you get quite a lot of abuse or do you get quite a lot of praise is it mixed or uh, it, i don't i don't really get much abuse anymore there's obviously the occasional person that's nasty but most of the time, people are actually really nice and really complimentary, so I can't complain. Well, um, is, it, is it sort of like trolls, Abby, you get? It's just that sort oh, of God, stuff. Oh, God, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, like people call me stupid, yeah. dumb, and like, yeah. saying I don't know what I'm talking about and all that, which is always great fun. <laughs> yeah, I remember, like, when, when, I, when I just sort of first got into the scene as well, the Federation Nation was Peter Finch. And just the amount of trolls used to get, just incredible, you know. It's like these people have got nothing better to do. But that's good that you're, uh, you're doing a lot of writing. I've actually read some of your work, and it's really good. Um, just out of interest, well, what bookmakers were it you used to work in? Out of Labrooks. Uh, you've, you've probably done well getting out of there, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, like I um, I like the job and the customers, but I can't really be, yeah. I couldn't really be complimentary about anything else. Okay. Well, what's what's like your aspirations like moving forward? Are you looking to try and like? Because yeah, I know you're freelance at the moment. Are you looking for full time work in the industry, or are you, are you, are you doing um, something else on the side? God, so I talked to Chris, like I spoke to Chris about this. So I I work for my dad at an optician three and a half days a week, and I'm doing a degree. So I want to be a health scientist. So I just do it on the side. Like I could do it full time, but I don't really want to because like that would take away from the fact that I actually enjoy it. I think as a job, I wouldn't, like a full-time job, I don't think I'd enjoy it anywhere near as much. So you're busy, and you're basically getting paid for doing something that you enjoy. So it's all good. Well, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you can't complain with that. Well, I wish we could all do yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah, living the dream. I can't complain at all. So, so how, how have you been able to promote your work, Abby? Is it through Twitter that you used most of your, most of your sharing to get your work out there? Yeah, I mean... Facebook obviously it's really with family, whereas Twitter is like the main base for it. I don't really have like I don't have like a big following in Instagram or anything. It's all like sort of put through Twitter, um, and that's where obviously most readers come from. But it's such a wide base. I think it's really good because it's so public as well, and there's so many people on it. Yeah, I, I agree. But but I would say that that's where obviously Twitter is probably because it's so open. That's where you get the trolls more and the more critics. But also as well, it's. I would say racing's got a really good Twitter community, um, and there's so many bloggers and writers out there, isn't there? And and you, and it's really good for networking with people too, because that's how I've got a lot of my my breaks. Like I started 
uh, doing YouTube videos a few years ago and obviously just promoting my work out there got me a bigger Twitter following. I've got a few thousand followers now and the more people that kind of uh, follow you in the industry, you kind of get more respected. So, so basically being involved with the right people early on, do you think that helped you got accepted more as a, like as a writer and a blogger? Yeah, I mean, I've got, like, you know I mean? a lot of people have my back. And because most of my friends are in racing, my partners in racing, obviously I do have the contact there, which I think is a massive thing. Like, it, 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 it's a cliche, but it is a lot about who you know, not what you know a lot of the time. And in racing, I think that's definitely, which is it's bad for some people, but obviously for me it's actually been a bonus, so. Do you know, just talking about sort of like the new breed of like bloggers and bloggers, right? What's everyone's views on sort of like the new generation coming through and how they're sort of trying to promote the sport? Do you think it's kind of positive where you think sort of the old guard are just going to keep it, keep the status quo? I think it's positive. That's everyone, everyone. Yeah. yeah like it, it's, it's definitely positive. I feel, the thing is, I feel sorry for a lot of people like Luca because he loves what he does and people are so horrible to him. But then... Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like he's just he's just doing something like like he's he's basically he's got the balls to do it. In my opinion, he's got the ball the ball to do it, go on the course, do something he enjoys. Um he's not harming anyone. Um people just attack him and I'm just looking at some of the comments and it's like truly really unnecessary. And like Yeah, I sort don't of quite understand at all why people can't just be bloody nice. Like it doesn't yeah. matter if you don't agree with something somebody does. Not everyone's gonna make everybody happy at the end of the day. You know, everyone's got their opinions, but at the end of the day, you don't have to be nasty about it, just be bloody nice and get on. Like the world's bad enough as it is without people taking offence to everybody else. I I did a poll the other day, literally just said, Would you still go racing if you couldn't have a drink? And loads of people were like, Why are you asking that? And I was like, because I wanted literally so many people jumped on it being nasty you just think what is your problem that you spend your time attacking people online for something stupid like Luca it annoyed me it's like the same people like obviously it's so sad what happened to James Banks and mental health is yeah, such a big so thing and people that are mourning James and some of these people are the same people that have given me abuse they have given Luca abuse and other people because they've been open about their mental health and I think that's where the community is like really hurts itself because they do kind of like target people especially with things like that and i just think it's i don't know i just don't understand some people's mindset as why they do it it's just it's quite double standards isn't it like people who yeah. people who go out like that it's just very sad that like they've got nothing mm. better to do with their pathetic little lives i've got a question uh, for, for megan i was going to say um because obviously you're a racing manager do you often get people that abuse you for some of your horses if they underperform um, has like Titanium Racing had any abuse through social media? Yeah, there was um, briefly a couple of years ago we got a lot of sticks because um, one of our horses went off like our barn in a four in a race and the race didn't pan out at all like I don't even give a shit like at the end of the day <laughs> I can't make the horse win you know like it, it, there's a lot of factors that go into it just because someone put somebody on and the horses got beat. It's not my problem. Uh, yeah, that's one. That's one thing that, like, actually thinking about, you probably do get a lot of trolls, Megan, as well. Like, people always asking you for information, um, and obviously that's a prime example of something losing. They can't all win as well. Um, exactly. Just, just going, just going back to, I've got another question. Just 
in relation to sort of like the new generation of bloggers and bloggers, do you think do you think the race courses are sort of shooting themselves in the foot in like by banning people like for videoing on, on the race course? Do you not think we should be sort of Sort of like, I think there's a fine. I think there's a fine line. Like it depends on what you know. If there's obviously a lot of people that want to get out there and and do like promo videos and different things like that, but there's a line that you can't necessarily cross and such. I don't get the whole issue with people promoting like syndicates and stuff in the yeah. paddock when they're there with their horse. I don't understand what the issue with that is. They're not filming the race. They're not putting any yeah. informational footage out there that's not available. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I agree completely because I agree completely just because like, say for, like, if you've got a syndicate, like, say you've got, you've got a horse riding at Kempton, you've got a lot of people, say from Aberdeen, because I know you've got people clients there, they can't all be there. And I mean, what's, exactly. what's the issue with filming something? Yeah. And yeah, like we take, yeah, like we take, we take like clips of the horses walking around the paddock, so we can see how they look in the paddock and stuff, and we'll, we'll send them to the members. Not necessarily straight away; it might be afterwards, but it's a little clip of, of how the horses looking on the night, and like some photographs and stuff. We don't take footage of like, um, like any feedback or anything afterwards, because you know that's just for the members to know, and I'm not going to post that online. Just like I just I just think the whole thing's ridiculous from from race courses because I, I think people promoting the sport on like I mean, the only way you can see it is on terrestrial TV and not and if you look at the figures not a lot of people actually watch television now people are either streaming they're on they're on Twitter they're on Insta it's just another platform to have, promote the sport I, I just don't see the issue with it um, I yeah, just think they're shooting themselves in the foot completely. It is double standard as well because some people do things and they don't get pulled up for it. Someone else does the same thing, and do you know what I mean? They get like a ton of bricks or ton. Like, yeah, like asks ask the race course commission to do what he does. But yeah, I don't get why some people get pulled up for it and some people don't. There's mm. no consistency, and it should be a consistent thing throughout race courses what the rules are. Because some people break the rules, yeah, and it's like, but the thing is, nobody actually knows what the actual rules actually are. They, they don't actually know. Well. Chris, did that not happen to you on course? Somebody approached you as well. Yeah, what so doing? so I started out a bit a bit like Luca. We've mentioned him quite a lot already. I hope he um, doesn't mind. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I was a bit like Luca when I first started. When I wanted to name, make a name for myself, I went to the to the race race course and I was doing like um, live uh, video in. As it well, it wasn't live video and it was pre, it was like recorded and then stopped, so it wasn't live. Uh, and I did it a few times at a couple of my local race courses. And I went to Worcester and I was just doing an, like an analysis, like a short video of like the race coming up. And um, security came up to me and they said, have you got permission? And ever since then, I've never, unless I've got permission, I've never filmed at all. I didn't have permission when I was doing that. So I do hold my hands up there. Um, but yeah, every time I go racing now, if I'm doing a post or something, I'll do a still photo because that that's okay, um, as far as I'm aware. Um, but yeah, it's really yeah, dodgy. Like I've, I've taken my camera to a race course down south. I'm not going to mention any race courses, and I've been pulled because of it. Um, and I don't really see an issue in such of taking photographs at the race course, yeah, it doesn't come with a camera or with a phone. I don't, I don't, you know, you're not exactly getting the shots that the 
code photographers are getting, they're not going to be anywhere near the standard of that anyway. But like I've seen some thunder clips that I've seen and taken like videos, footage and stuff and posted them online and nothing's been said to them. It's like race, just, this is, I don't know if anyone actually knows this, this might just be like an old question, but just like racing blogger seems to do all these bits and bobs and it's like just, he never, no, nothing, I think he had his account um, closed for a bit, didn't he, because of it, but I don't know, if, does he have permission to do all the stuff that he does? Because he seems to do things that other people get into trouble for. Mm, yeah, that's right, right. I'm, I'm not sure on that. Well, we, me, me and Marcus were talking about him get, getting him on here and, explaining like how he's achieved what he's done and how he gets away with um all those kind of things because you see him don't you like he's he's actually i think he gets around it because he's he, we've all seen him when he's, he's like filming himself not actually filming like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah when he's like cheering a neighbor on at like one to two and he, he's got a jolly on and yeah he's yeah he's he's not filming the live racing but even then that's still like dodgy water but i mean the thing is though nobody else is like you know what i mean if you're filming your horse in the paddock your horse is walking around the paddock that's not giving anyone mm. an advantage if you're posting that online somewhere yeah i mean i actually like i like his content he, he's an, another example I, I i don't i don't understand the hate um i just i, I don't i don't get like, the content that he's creating is excellent like to have something to whinge about yeah, yeah like his content is so good. Like if you compare his content, you compare his, yeah, yeah. If you compare his content to say like the racing post, his content's better than the racing post. I mean, there's some people who work with the racing post, their content's terrible. Um, and I know Charlie Austin, he made a comment on it about a month ago when he did the when he was at Joseph O'Brien's yard, Galileo, just how good the content is. I mean, why is this guy not got be able to get a job in racing? I mean, what buyers is he facing when there's and he compares content to his content is probably the best out there. Yeah, I think it. I love his content, but I think it's murky waters with the people he's involved in, and sort of like the, the bookmaker side of things. I think that's where I think people have a bit of a problem with it. I'm not saying it's right. I don't. I don't really have an opinion on that. But I think when he first started out, I think he went about some of the things the wrong way. And people are never going to forget that. But then again, everyone has to start somewhere. Mm. So I don't really know. But I agree. About... The content's so good. Are you think you're talking about the betting point of view, like putting bets up and stuff, or you're talking about yeah, like the bets and also the affiliates with bookmakers and things. Um, yeah, but but yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Knows all of that, do they? They don't know sort of what he's involved in and what he isn't. But people make assumptions, and I think like yeah. I think that's probably why he hasn't got a mainstream job yet because it's kind I of like it, it is like murky waters. I think that cause we talked about this in the previous previous podcast and. Bookmaking and, and horse racing is com combined, you know. You can't have one or the other. It just it doesn't work. Um, if you're going to all these race courses and creating this this video content, and this good video content people want to see, I mean, you see some of the views on social media. I mean, this is another. I mean, somebody's got to pay for it. I mean, if you're getting funny yeah. by bookmakers to go, there's there's some content. And this mm -hmm. again, I mean, this is what the race courses should be taking advantage of. They should be paying people like this to do this every day to promote, promote the brand to get people through the door but for some reason they're totally resistant to it yeah. I don't understand yeah, I it they've got to evolve yeah. it's like I, I I always have like a, I've, I've been asked to do like affiliate things and I've not sort of touched it because a couple of the things it's like it is, has been oh, we'll give you basically give you a link people bet through it and if they lose you get a percent and I don't 
that's I was something I I couldn't do. But like I write for the Info Racing Hub now. That started last week, and yeah. So, so they're like they're a, a subscription thing. But like when you look at their points and their stats, it's really good. And I think people want to pay for tips and all that. And the bookmakers, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. But people always seem to be like that. You don't really attack it. They can't just accept that some things the way they are. Yeah. Yeah, like, I can understand like if you've got like a, a subscription tipster who's actually putting up genuine information, right, and isn't doing an affiliate, or even if he was doing an affiliate, right, he's he's funding his his operation that way, but he's giving mm. genuine information. He's not trying to put people away. I mean, if he's yeah. if he's like he says up, he's actually getting people winners, right? It's up to them what they want to do with with that profit. Yeah, it's it's, it's all it's all really murky. I remember when I probably the best lesson I had in social media was and how, how it should work is when I'm, I got my first break at Wincanton, I used to look after um, their social media. And um, I learned quite a lot about the regulations and what, what you're allowed to do. And, and, and I'm not going to go into too many stories because I'm not allowed to say to say them. Otherwise, I'll probably uh, lose my career. But um, yeah, there, there, there was a few things that um, before I started, that, that caused a little bit of trouble and when I took over I got a lot of praise for the work I was doing and a lot of it was videos and pictures and it wasn't kind of the same generic stuff you got either like I used to stand outside in the in the cold and wet outside the stables and film like lots of horses coming off the lorry and stuff ready for their day and um and and it seemed to go down really well and and then I ended up I had to go away for a time and do my university work placement and it kind of dried up and they realized, oh, oh shit, there's no one covering our social media. So they brought in some jockey club people and then they just used like the jockey club standard to take it over. And I still think that these older bodies and racing like the jockey club and other, other like um, old bodies and racing, they're still like well behind in their social media. And this is where, all these rules and regulations they're not clear and they're not as open as what they could be to new ideas that there's a lot we could do in racing to improve everything and i think i don't know what your opinions are on this would you say racing is even though like we've just given a lot of criticism about like the rules and regulations it's probably one of the most open sports out there for anyone wanting to get into writing or become a blogger because there's not so many I wouldn't say there's so many barriers compared to a lot of other sports to get close to like the high quality action. I mean, I was yeah. at I, I was at Chelt, um, Cheltenham with Abby the, the other day, and it was brilliant. We we um were up close to all all the good action and stuff. And I mean, I, I haven't had to like gone for. I I'm just there through my company that filled in a form to for me to be there, but I didn't have to have like really um high level press accreditation to get that and compared to other sports i think you would need that so if you're like an upcoming yeah. um blogger it's to do with like racing myths and like people think it's very enclosed when, it, when in reality it's very very open and yeah. if you compare yeah, people it to, do seem to think uh, yeah it, like, like for me i basically like chris was obviously surprised and he said oh how did you do your press accreditation i thought like, oh, i just applied for it because i write for um, past the wire which is an american publication and it is it's like i went to the grand national last year that was with a different company but again it was an american one and i don't think do you know what i mean i, I don't think in any other sport i'd have been given that level 
I do it. And people say, yeah, it's incl- inclusive. And yeah, it is about who you know. But at the same time, like once you're sort of doing it, it is, it's not difficult to actually get somewhere with it. And especially if you're passionate. I don't think, yeah, like being like, close to the action. Like, and also racing is the only time I would go to a sport event by myself. I'm quite happy to go on my own. It's, yeah, it's, it's I, like I, I can, I can relate to that. Yeah, like, I mean, I can, I can relate to that as well. Like, I don't have an issue going racing by myself. I mean, being based in London, there is a few courses kicking about, and I don't have an issue going by myself. But um, I do think the racing myths is something that sort of even stops people from even having an interest. And I mean, if, even if you compare it to, say, football, I know when Chris was at uni, a lot of students that you were studying mm. just wanted to get into football. You're just yeah. thinking that law of averages would be very, very difficult to, to get a career in that because there's so many people are trying to get in, you know, and we're racing sort of, it is open. There's opportunities there. You just need to keep knocking on the doors. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, today I've been to George Baker's yard. He's based down in the South and I'm looking at becoming a, a race planner um, or doing a bit of, that kind of side of things so, because I've been told I might be good at it probably won't be but um, you never you, you never know but um, I, George, George Baker like was like brilliant this morning like I went round and he showed me round his gallops he showed me his stables you know and, and I'm getting like it's like that's like it's like going to like the equivalent of a good football team or an American football team or rugby team and being shown around the facilities and like this is like where the key players players are you're not <laughs> unless you win like a like a competition or something i mean probably probably would all want a competition to go to like willie mullins as yard or or gordon elliott or aiden o'brien because they're they're the real top yards and they're they are hard to get uh get to access to and that's fair play to someone like blogger that we were talking about earlier he's done some really good content in ireland recently and yeah but like, like we were saying it is quite i i haven't found it too difficult to get to the to like the bigger the bigger names of the sport as it were uh, i mean i you can start um i was going to say to chris you can start planning planning the races for megan's horses as well you can start marking the car for her yeah <laughs> no she'll probably know a bit more than me how it all works um yeah, yeah. Yeah, so i didn't obviously think, i think i'm a bit of an anomaly really because i oh god i don't I don't want to say it, it just sounds like pretentious or wrong or like weird, but obviously I'm saying to Chris, I've never approached anyone myself about doing work for them. I've always approached for it because like there's, there's a massive market there for people to do things. Because if people are out there actively looking for somebody to do sort of the job, it's like I had um, a German bookmaker contact me about doing work for them because they wanted like a UK racing influencer. So it's like if they're contacting people, there's obviously such a big market there that people aren't actually already filling that makes sense no that's i i agree i think i think you a lot of people do want to get people into like uk racing and that because there there is the audience for it um and if you're getting the work for it that and you're getting the offers that that's really good but why do you think you get those offers do you you think do you you think you stand out quite well from the way you do it compared to others or Um, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm not the most knowledgeable people. I'm not the best writer, but I think it's, it's about sort of having the look, isn't it? I guess I look right. I've got the right sort of following and I have a lot of interaction on my tweets. So I think that sort of stands out because I, someone said to me the other day and they thought I'd be offended, but I really wasn't. They were just like, do you think that the way you look has had anything to do with 
the success that you're having. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be naive and say no. I think it does have something to do with it. So I think it's got to have, you've got to have all the right things. Like, obviously, there's so many, there is a lot of male bloggers. Mm. So I think as a female, you do sort of stand out a bit more because, like I said earlier, there's not that many, I would, I don't, I don't know, unless I'm missing something, there's not loads of sort of female racing bloggers, is there? No, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I think, um, you, you look at, I, I, I know this from working at Sky, that um, they are, they always try to get as many females through the door as possible to make it a more of a level, level playing field. Otherwise, it'd just be, um, people will just fall asleep all the time, I guess. Um, but, but, but yeah, they, 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 they do like to try and um, level it up. I, I, but then you look at other things in, in the sport, like there's no female commentators um i know Haley moore she, i think she won a competition or something a few years ago and i think she was going to try and train to become a commentator and um and i think uh emma jones i think that's her name who works for william hill and she does a bit on now like bbc radio 5 live i've seen her try and become a commentator but i think yeah there is again that's probably a debate for another day but i do think there is a lack of like females in rating but it, I think, I think it's, I think it is get getting better, um, and and people probably do take a, advantage, maybe a bit more females in writing and bloggers because there isn't so many of them, and we're going to a more diverse world now, um, more multicultural, equal opportunities, all that kind of, um, all that kind of bandwagon, and um, yeah, so there probably are going to be more of a demand, whereas me being a guy there's obviously a lot of male writers and male bloggers and and that trying to get their way in the industry so you kind of have to stand out from the crowd um but but would you say abby going back to kind of your content um because you don't really do any tipping um you write more about like the occasion and the, the sport that's kind of been a good angle for where you've gained growth as it were like you've been open and honest people say oh post tips post tips and it's like i have fancies and things but like i also the thing i the thing that's like is a bugbear and it shouldn't be is people that do blogs that are so long and it gets boring like you've got to keep it you've got to keep somebody interested it's like all of my work you'll, you'll probably notice if you've like, seen it all of my work is relatively short I try and pack as much into it, but you, some people just go on and on and on. And it's like, people don't want to sit there for ages, like for half an hour and read a post. They want to just be able to go you know, and have five minutes, have a look. And I think that's another thing that people are missing out on is they're doing these massive blogs that are really informative, but people get bored and they see that it's a 30 minute read and they don't want to look at it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I've only started going into writing recently. I, obviously, I come from more of a broadcast background. Um, but since I changed ship in my tip, tipping, I've learned to write a lot more. And I started writing my own blog on my own website. And I found it quite difficult, the transition from like writing like university essays to like keep it short and snappy. But I think that I've noticed a difference over the last couple of months in my writing that is getting short and snappier. And you need to do that, otherwise people are just going to be bored. Um, I, thought, I often find Chris see punters, like when I, when I used to do it, when I, used to, when I first sort of got into the industry, I often find punters are they're very cynical. I mean, there's times when I've given given out 25 to 1, 33 to 1 winners following day, 
or maybe put up something and finish second and they're on you, you know? The trolls mm. come out. Mm. And I think that, that stops a lot of people doing it as well. And it, it might be the reason why a lot of people, a lot of people who do the blogs sort of like faceless, they don't do it under their own name, sort of mm. buffer the sort of negativity and the abuse. Well, like the info, the info racing hub, they have like a chat um, yeah. with like the members in. And some of the stuff you think, they tip up the thing was like five seconds or something. And people were complaining it wasn't a winner. I'm like, you look back at their stats because they, they have everything and they explain the point system and people yeah. don't take notice of that and then complain. And I think you can't expect somebody to tip every single winner. It's not possible. But you look at the it's points and you're like, if you follow yeah, if you follow what they're actually saying, like the point system, you would actually be in with quite a lot of money, but people go over the top. It's mm. like but they don't, it's like, yeah, people don't have common sense in thinking horses are animals. They're not, like Megan was saying earlier, it's not, it's not her fault if a horse, you're expecting a horse to have a really good run and it, it either misses a break or something like that. It, it, you can't, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things, but people don't seem to understand that human error is a thing. And yeah. well, like, not even human error, you just can't, it's not possible to tip it like every horse a winner. It's just not. The way I sort of look at it is, is they can't all win. That's the way. Like even even with all the information, sort of knowing the right people, they still they still get beat. They don't all win, and that, that's coming from my point of mm. view and other people's point of view. People I know are professional punters who, who make a profit. They don't all win. Um, yeah, you know he's talking about talking all about trolls. See that that guy? It was, it was, who was that apprentice? Was it George Rook? Was getting abuse online? Somebody had been sending him Instagram messages or DMs. Mm. You know, I want you to die and stuff like that. Cause he's second on something. It's crazy. I think it's um actually really good. Actually, I, I don't know. If, I think Fergal O'Brien's quite a good trainer, it? and I can't remember who else. But I've seen trainers name and shame people that send them emails on yeah on Twitter. Warren Smith, he does it as well. Yeah, that's, that's said that like like I, like you deserve to die, like go to hell, like all this kind of rubbish. And I think it's great that some of them have like been name and shamed, and there's some idiots on there that have actually not like got like um they haven't hidden their details as it were, <laughs> um so like they yeah like it, it just happened before earlier on on, on Twitter like someone tweeted Mickey Hammond um because his horse molasses at Sedgefield called up like you know um saying that he's investigating and it and all this shit. And um, Mickey Hammond just tweeted back saying to the vet report that was investigated. The horses aren't having a regular heartbeat. Like, there's, there's lots of factors as to why horses are still run well. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to hold their form permanently for their entire career. And I don't understand why people can't just. But that's all we got time for this week. So I'd just like to say a massive thank you to all our guests, Marcus, Megan, and Abby. And uh, we'll be doing another podcast soon. And if you haven't done so already, please follow us on Twitter at In The Saddle Pod for all links to our podcast on our SoundCloud and Podbean accounts. We'll try and get interesting guests and have debates on that people want to listen to.